You're listening to episode 2.49 of the Midlife Improvement Project, and on this week's episode, I'm chatting with Marie Sennett, who is here to remind you that it's time to focus on you. It's time to be selfish, and remember that when you put yourself first, everyone around you will benefit. We talk about prioritizing time for yourself, for your health, and for your well-being. Let's go. Welcome to the Midlife Improvement Project, a podcast about what really matters as you negotiate midlife. Some might call this time of life a crisis, but I want to introduce you to the idea that it's an awakening. This is a time to listen to your soul, to find your purpose, to reflect on what you really want to do and be in the days you have left here on planet Earth, and then write your own midlife manifesto. You are not less of yourself on the other side of midlife. You are more. This is a time to be celebrated, not tolerated. I am your midlife wake-up coach, Dr. Peggy Malone. I'm a healthcare provider turned life coach who helps women in midlife lean into the magic of being a woman as we head into the second half. I help you to decide where you want to go next with this one precious life and really claim all of your big dreams and goals while caring less about what anyone else thinks about it. After all, if someone is gonna be unhappy with your life, it shouldn't be you. In 2023, I reached the milestone of turning 50 and I want to use this podcast as my midlife manifesto. There will be no fading into the background and quietly living out my golden years with the assumption that my best years are behind me over here. I'm just getting started. I invite you to come with me. Listen in each week as I help you to wake up to what's possible for you in midlife as you learn to increase your self-awareness and your confidence, get curious about what got you here, and get clear about where you want to go next on the way to being an even better you. Let's get after it. Marie Sennett is a certified yoga teacher, transitional life coach, and works one-on-one with her clients designing a yoga and meditation plan tailored to their needs for a healthy body and mind, making them completely ready to live their dream retirement. A yoga practitioner since 1997, Marie struggled as a busy civil rights lawyer for decades to make the time needed to make her body strong and flexible and her mind relax and focused so she could be ready to live the dream retirement she always wanted. She became a yoga teacher to assist her clients in making that transformation to their dream retirement. Well, hello, friends. Today, it's time to focus on you. It's time to be selfish. Yes, I said it. Remember that we've talked about this. Selfish isn't a bad thing. And remember that when you put yourself first, everyone around you will benefit. My guest today is going to help us to dig into the ins and outs of prioritizing time for yourself, for your health, and for your well-being. Are you ready? Let's go. Marie, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Peggy, for having me. I appreciate it. All right. So as always, why don't you start by telling us a little bit about yourself, your story, and because this is the Midlife Improvement Project, especially your midlife story. Well, I think my main story is my midlife story. (laughs) Perfect. You're in the right place. (laughs) Because many of us, you know, finally realize who we are when we get get to midlife and, uh, and stop trying to be something we're not. Um, so, uh, I was a practicing civil rights attorney for many, many years. I was a very, very good trial attorney. Um, I enjoyed being a trial attorney, but in doing that role, I was not taking care of me. And my husband and I had always these great dreams about our retirement. We want to live a year in Europe. His grandfather was an Italian citizen, so we can get a citizenship. We want to travel. We want to hike. We want to swim. We want to do all these exciting things. And this lovely man pulled me aside one time and said, you know, Marie, if you don't start taking care of yourself, the retirement we're going to have is me taking you from doctor to doctor to doctor. So you need to figure out how to take care of you. 
Um, that was a wake up call because I really look forward to spending time with this guy and having fun. And so I started figuring out how to say no and start finding that time. And I started with like just 15 minutes a day doing yoga because I had found yoga and I'd loved yoga. But for 20 years, my mat was more on the side of the wall rather than on the floor. <laughs> so I did 15 minutes of yoga and, and five minutes of meditation and I started feeling better. My body wanted more, so I would give it more, but I had to figure out how to find that time to clear things out. Um, I had so much fun taking care of me and having that wonderful realization that there's a whole nother way to go that I decided I wanted to become a yoga teacher and help other people heal. And so now I'm working with folks to have them get their minds and bodies ready now so they can live their retirement dream. Oh my goodness. Fantastic. I love all this. Let's dig into it. So um, if you've been listening to the podcast and you said you had, so thank you, um, you know that I really want to empower women in midlife who have been taking care of everyone else for a few decades yeah. to allow themselves to put themselves first. It's often a hard sell. And maybe you found this with your clients and your audience, because we've often been conditioned that our value is in taking care of everyone else instead mm -hmm. of ourselves. So I recently had a guest on the show and she shared this study, and I don't think it'll be a surprise to you, um, where they asked a woman to list five things in order of priority. And this is how it went. Number one, children. Number two, pets. Number three, elderly parents. Number four, significant other, and finally, number five, self. So I know that you spend a lot of time with your clients and your audience really trying to help them with this. So I want to like dig into some ways that people can focus on putting themselves first. So where do we start? So we need to start with realizing that if we don't take care of ourselves, nobody else is going to do it. We can't just send our body out and say, hey, give it a workout and send it back. Oh my gosh, wouldn't that be amazing? <laughs> so cool, right? I could go do something exciting while my body, my mind could do something while my body's getting worked out. Right? Oh my um, gosh. Let's not rule that out. Let's see if we can figure out a way to do that. Perfect. I'm on. Okay. Okay. I like it. <laughs> but one of the things that we focus on is, is, you know, I used to look at self-worth and self-worth has got so much baggage from so many years of, of just dealing with self-worth. And so what we focus on is self-compassion. And treating ourselves like we would our best friend. So as we start this journey of taking care of ourselves, we start rephrasing things. So, um, you know, when I started my journey, it was like, Marie, you know, you should take care of yourself. What's wrong with you? You're not getting enough exercise, blah, blah, blah. And we change it to if I was talking to my best friend, it's like, hey, Marie, I am so happy you're on this journey to take care of yourself and make yourself feel healthier because it's just so important for you to take care of you. I know there's a lot of people in your life, but until you take care of you, you can't really help them and you are important enough to take care of. So that's where we begin. Amazing. Okay. So with my clients, when I introduce the concept of being selfish is a good thing, Mm -hmm. They often shrink back in horror from it because they're so conditioned to think that the word selfish means something that's bad yep. and they're used. And because we just said they're used to putting themselves last. So often when we introduce this idea, the big G word comes up. So this is guilt. They feel guilty. So what do you recommend for people so that they can stop feeling guilty about putting themselves first? Well, we talk a lot about how, you know, if you don't put yourself first, then you're burnt out and you can't really take care of the people you want to take care of. So in essence, by taking care of you, you are giving yourself the freedom and time to then take care of other folks when you're ready, when you're taken care of. 
Um, so it, it frees up the guilt in that way. It's process. I mean, it's not something that happens overnight. We, as you said, we're programmed, we're trained. I always call it 1960s and 70s wife training. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and I, on the list of five that you gave, I, I would have put plants and then me as six. When you, if you would talk oh, to me, wow. a, attorney. Yeah. Um, so I like the way that you approach it, that you're like, you're tapping into what they're already doing, which is here is how you can alleviate the guilt. All the things you want to do that you've been conditioned to do are going to be better when you actually take care of yourself first. Like put it, put yourself to the top of the list. I think that's, that's cool. That's powerful. Um, when you're talking about your story and I can imagine it was very busy and very hectic and very stressful. You said that you had a 60 hour work week. So one of the things that happens when I introduce this idea to people, they always counter with, well, I don't have time for that right now. So when people say that to you, especially when we're thinking about the fact that you had this story of no time, really, when you started, how do you like counter the I don't have time excuse? Uh, I counter it with you need to make the time. Um, there is the time. Let's look at what you're doing. So what we do is I have I have my clients go for a week writing down everything that they're doing, which they laugh. They're like, you're telling me I need to cut out time and now you're giving me more work. And it's like, yes, so we can figure out what we can cut. Because, <laughs> you know, I, I hated when I go to a personal trainer and they'd be like, well, just get up earlier. It's like, are you kidding me? There is no just getting up earlier in this life. It doesn't happen. I'm already up at four in the morning. <laughs> um, so it became like, well, looking at what you do in a week and start thinking, do I have to do this? Do I have to do it now? Is there a way I can break it into tinier pieces and space it out so it's less stressful? Can I, I love these two, can I delegate it to somebody else? And delegation doesn't mean dumping. Delegation means training someone else and helping them build their skills. And it doesn't take more time. We just think it takes more time to tell someone else how to do it. And then my other favorite one is pay somebody to do it. Like I had this lovely long when I was in Iowa, I do not get Zen for mowing my lawn. Yeah. <laughs> I paid somebody to mow the lawn because I needed that time for me. Um, I also would take my clothes to one of those wonderful cleaners. There's people all over the U.S. and Canada who would love to have your clothes and wash them for you and fold them and sometimes wrap them in tissue paper and then give them back to you to put in your drawer. So we look for things like that. And it's got an added bonus of stimulating the local economy. Not a bad deal. So I, by the way, I love this too. And I want to dig into this a little bit because I think one of the things that sometimes prevents women in particular from doing this, where they're trading off some kind of domestic work with money is that it comes back to that conditioning and guilt of I'm not a good wife. I'm not a good woman. I haven't done the things I'm supposed to do if I don't do the laundry and if I don't clean the house and if I don't cut the lawn and if I don't do all these things. So do you get into that with people and sort of like, like crack open their brains and show them, hey, like this is something you've been conditioned to think and here's how you can get some of your time back. Yeah. And it's it's like, you know, you don't have to do everything. There's people who can do it. And I I, I love the piece about stimulating the local economy because then it feels good, right? You're, yes. you're I think that's an important thing to add on for sure. You're right. Yeah. Oh, amazing. Yeah, okay. And, cool. and, and it's also think about what you can do with that time, right? And so it's a two pay two piece thing. Um, I often talk about my online pretend best friend, Gretchen Rubin, who has written some books about habits and lifestyle and all the rest of it. And she always talks about the fact that you can't change what you don't measure. So I like what you're talking about auditing the time and actually taking a look at it. Because I think a lot of us end up having something that I like to call time optimism. And some people call it time blindness. 
um, where you think you have way more time than you actually do. But then when you actually measure it, then you're like, oh, okay, I can see that a hundred hours of things don't fit into this week. So I think that's a great place to start. Um, It's very eye-opening in that sense too. (laughs) Yeah. And have you found that when you do that with your clients, do they have some aha moments? Do they get some breakthroughs just in that exercise? There's probably transformation just in the time audit. Yeah. Just in looking at that, they're like, oh my, first off, they're like, I can't believe I'm just trying to do so much, you know? And then the second piece is I don't have to do that much, really. <laughs> oh, and then it's relief, right? Yeah. Yeah. And there's smiles and there's, there's happiness and it's, it's just really nice. Awesome. Okay. So in your story, you um, talked about like coming through midlife and really having the wake up call. And I love, love that story that your husband took you aside and said, Hey, like that's the coolest. So just that alone probably is the key into the question I'm going to ask you, which is what differences have you noticed in your own life, your own health, and your own relationships since you started to prioritize your own time and your own well-being? I was happier. I was more focused. In fact, it's funny, as a lawyer, you know, I was I was always running in, in tense. And so a judge would say something to me and I'd be like, <laughs> you know, and then once I started doing the meditation and the yoga, judge would say something. And I'd be like, well, and the judges noticed a difference. Which oh, wow. Helped, and it helped my client because I wasn't like constantly fighting with them. They were like, oh, there's this eminently reasonable woman coming in asking me to do something. OK, <laughs> um, I uh, I lost weight, which was very, very cool. And it wasn't the yoga per se, but it was, I was more in tune to my body. I actually could pay attention to when I was hungry, when I was full. And that made a huge difference in and of itself. I slept better. I was a much better partner. I wasn't as cranky with my husband. Um, and I was a better neighbor. <laughs> I was not brave enough to have children. So I didn't have to deal with that level. Um, but it just, I was happier and I enjoyed waking up in the morning rather than dreading it. Okay. Amazing. This is uh, like an N equals one anecdote. Amazing example of when you put yourself first, everyone around you benefits. Yeah. Your your clients, the judges, the, your husband, the neighbors. And then of course, obviously you, you're feeling better. I love this. Um, I know that sometimes these concepts are often easier to implement when you're working with somebody like a coach. And this is why I personally have worked with coaches over the last few years, why I encourage my listeners to hire a coach if they're struggling. But this isn't possible for everybody. And there also will come a time perhaps when you're not working with somebody. So I think ultimately what we're looking for is being able to have self-accountability. So what strategies do you recommend for people who are working on this process on their own? Well, you know, I, I, my program is a 12-week program, so we have to build it so that they can take care of it on themselves, right, when they're done. So we look at, you know, we, we find that time, and then we also look at setting a routine. And when we're looking at a routine, we want to try and find an anchor, and this is what helps people continue with the self-care a lot. So, um, and you want it to be an anchor of something that you do every day. So for me, what I do is I brush my teeth and I roll out my yoga mat. Because I'm always going to brush my teeth in the morning. I can't stand how it feels in my mouth until I do that. And yeah. so it's a really strong anchor. And we also look at things that distract you along the way, like our phones. There's a study that showed in 2022 in the U.S., um, I guess it's because it was election year, we picked up our phones, just picked them up 244 times a day on average. And that's not even looking at what's going on. That's just picking it up. You know, so... 
when you are doing your self-care, you leave the phone somewhere else, another room, preferably. <laughs> if you have somebody in the hospital, keep it in the room with you. Otherwise, it goes in another room because you want to take care of you. Um, some people have um, stress about like what they want to do in terms of their yoga. When they work with me, we get a, a yoga sequence that's designed for your mind and your body personally. But, you know, you can find yoga sequences other places. And so um, what I recommend people do is whatever their exercise is, they pick it out, like do a week long list. Here's what I'm going to do on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, or pick it out the night before so that that doesn't distract you from actually getting it done. Um, other folks get distracted over what to wear. When you're working at home on yourself, it's a little easier because you're not so concerned about what's going on around you. <laughs> but again, lay out your clothes. If you're working out in the evening, you know, in the morning before you go to work, if you are working out in the morning before you go to bed. Um, so looking at the different things that are going to just get in the way of you taking care of you. Um, and But the main thing that I do, too, is I tell folks to come up with a list of 10 ways to say no. Oh, I want to do this. <laughs> Yeah. And then that way, it's great because they just roll off of your tongue very easily. Like, I'm really thrilled that you asked me to do that, but I just don't have the time to do it right now. <laughs> or, or, you know, I'm not the right person for this. I think so-and-so might be better and my plate's kind of full anyhow. One of my clients would just like tell people I need to think about it and walk away and then be like, nope, can't do that. Because <laughs> okay. even though she had her list, she wasn't ready to say it. <laughs> but it's just amazing having those 10 things. And I keep them on my phone. Um, some of my clients post them on their mirror and look at them in the morning. Um, because the distractions that come in, they're things like they're not necessarily like in the morning if you're doing a morning workout, but someone wants you to go do this thing after work. <laughs> and it may be a thing that's exciting for them. And it may not be exciting for you. Or you may decide, you know, as exciting as that is, I'd rather want to take care of me. And so those are the people that you need to be able to say no to. I had one client who was like the person, since she was the busiest person in the world, she was the best person for her pastor to ask to do things at the church. And her weekends were like insane. And finally, she just, she had to work a way of saying no. <laughs> um, and, and she basically said, I can't help the community if I'm taking on all these tasks, because there's just not enough of me. Oh my goodness. I love it. I'll just add to that. This one thing that I often pass on to other humans, my clients included, when I'm thinking about saying no, especially because this is my challenge is somebody asked me to do something and it's far out into the future. And mm -hmm. like that version of me is like, Oh, that's a good idea. And then I say, yes. And then it comes to the day before it. And I'm like, I'm mad at that past version of me because current me doesn't want to do it. So yes. I often will ask myself and I'll say this to other clients, when you're making this decision, ask yourself if this thing was today or tomorrow, would you say yes? And sometimes that's helpful in making the decision because then it's sort of a more current present version of you being like, hmm, do I want to add this into my life right now with what my life feels like right now? So, um, but I love the learning to say no. I think that's something again, that like falls into our conditioning, what you described as the, the 60s yeah. and 70s housewives, like we'll just say yes. Yeah. A lot, a lot of my clients are like, you know, I said no. And it, it, people weren't as upset as I thought they would be. <laughs> oh, wow. What a, what a wonderful revelation that, that someone's brain can come to. Yeah. yeah. Oh my goodness. Okay. You mentioned your program. Can you tell us a little bit more about it? You said 12 weeks. I'm curious to know all the details and I'm sure some of my listeners are as well. Sure. So it's a 12 week program where we focus on um, holistic retirement planning. 
with the idea being that you want to be that healthy person when you retire to do all these amazing things. So you need to start taking care of yourself now. Um, it's not something you can do later. So we break down finding time for you. And that's the first couple of weeks. Sometimes it's a little more than the first two weeks. <laughs> um, and then from there, we uh, look at you know, the holistic idea of retirement. What do you want to do with the free time that you have? How are you going to replace that work identity? Because if you ask me who I am, I'll tell you I'm a lawyer. And it's like, I'm not a lawyer anymore. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So what is that identity? What do you, what skills do you have in terms of volunteer work so that you can have that fulfillment, that feeling of meaning? Do you want to be on a board? Do you want to sit down and figure out, we sit down and talk about do you want to work with people? Do you want to work with animals? Do you want to work with just buildings and leave everything else aside? <laughs> you know, where is your passion? Where are your skill set? And then how to match that? Um, where do you want to live? Uh, and what type of adventures do you want to have? And there's more into the program for a deep dive. Um, and then I also create a personalized yoga and meditation sequence. So there's three of those that you get um, in the program. There's eight sessions of one-on-one of -on -one coaching. And what always happens is I teach you the yoga and then we end up have a coaching session anyhow. So <laughs> it's really 11 coaching sessions. Okay. Um, and, uh, and, and I also have a um, basically a class that's tied in with with a lot of resources so that you can go beyond what we're working on if you choose to, but you also have access to that for five years so you can get to it later. Um, and at the end, what we do is a, a sankalpa, it, which in yoga is a, a type of yoga where you can make a promise to yourself and embody it that you're going to continue on. And people are excited about what they're going to do for their retirement. Uh, one of my clients like went out with her husband and bought an RV. They hadn't thought about it. And they're like, you know, we really want to see North America. So we're getting an RV. And it just, it's been wonderful. One of my clients is like, you know, I didn't realize doing yoga was going to help me make major decisions in my everyday life. <laughs> and I was like, your brain's free to do it. <laughs> you can do that. You know, but it, it's just wonderful to watch people figure out what they're going to do and how they're going to do it and what their desires are so that when they get to retirement, you know, sometimes we need that break. We need to, some time to just sit around and watch TV and chill because we've got busy lives. But then it's like when that ends, they're hitting the ground running. They know what they're doing. And and that is fascinating. And just watching them dream um, and, and then seeing everybody get excited about taking care of themselves. Like they, clients have said to me, you know, I sleep better after three sessions, you know, my, I don't have that indigestion anymore. My brain is clearer. And so right early on, you start seeing changes in your body and your mind with the yoga. And that is like one of the most exciting things for me. Oh my goodness. I love all of this. And it reminds me a little bit, and this is why I love it so much. I do an exercise with my clients where I have them tap into the wisdom of their future selves. And this is essentially what you're doing. You're getting them to like, go into the time machine out into the future and imagine that version of themselves and who do they want to be and what do they want to be doing doing and who are they hanging out with? How do they want to be feeling? And then pulling some of that wisdom back into the present to get going and all the things they need to do now so they can have that awesome version of themselves in the future. This is really amazing. Yeah. Um, there's something about midlife uh, that I think probably you've heard it. Uh, it's always, it's trite. It's on the internet. Like it's a crisis, right? But I tend to like thinking about it as an awakening. Mm -hmm. So how do you think what we've been talking about today fits into that? How do you think that women who are in the midst of this awakening can use this time of life and this awakening to their advantage, especially when it comes to taking care of themselves and planning for their future? 
I think it's an amazing time to think about reinventing ourselves. You know, retirement, it's not, retirement is not what our grandparents had or some of our parents where you just sit around, you know, the whole time watching TV. You know, it's a chance to figure out what is it that I've always wanted to do that I haven't had a chance to do. And, and thinking about like living life differently and pulling your resources so that you can be joyful and, you know, inspire, inspirational, you know, to yourself or to others. Um, and, and just reinventing yourself really is what it comes down to and seeing, seeing what you can be, you know, and reinventing yourself doesn't mean it has to be a complete clean slate. It could just be, I'm changing this, I'm changing that. And I'm looking forward to this and I'm looking forward to that. Because it's bringing intention into it instead of just like being on autopilot, right? Yeah. Yeah. Actually living it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so obviously when your job was that you were a lawyer and then now you're doing this, I'm guessing this is part of that version of you that you're intentionally leaning into. What else have you been dreaming about that you're going to be doing in the next several decades? So besides living in Europe for a year, um, I'm I'm finishing up teaching at um, a law school, and I've already decided that I'm I'm looking in my neighborhood, my community. There's two different programs for kids who are are coming from foster care and stuff, um, and I'm not sure which of those places has the most resources, but whichever has the less resources, I'm going to go volunteer and do yoga with the kids because that's oh, totally awesome. Cool. Awesome. <laughs> Right. And 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 I, I definitely want to uh, to go down to my local congressperson's office and hang out there and see how I can be helpful because that taps into some of the legal skills. Yep. Yeah. Um, yep. Yeah. And I am going to take that basket weaving class that I never had time to take when I was in college. Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. As you should. And yeah. um, do you speak Italian or will you be learning Italian if you're going to be living there for a year? I'm going to be living, I'm going to be learning Italian and also Spanish at the same time um, so that I can have two for one. So um, our local library is tied up with, with Rosetta Stone already connected. So I'm like excited about that. So I can schedule when I'm going to be talking and the community that I'm in has a very large Spanish speaking population. So I can um, try and figure out how to connect with somebody. I'd ideally, I'd love to like have coffee and like, I just speak in Spanish and they just practice their English and we try and get through the day. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Love it. Love it. All right. Um, you have uh, five empowering secrets to taking time for yourself. And uh, it's a little course and you said that you have it as a gift for some of my listeners. So can you tell us a little bit more about it? And also, where can we direct people if they want to check it out? So um, it's uh, it, it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, it's a, yes. I'm excited about it. <laughs> so it looks at five different things. Um, some of them we've been talking about how to set up a routine, how to say no, um, how to, uh, you know, find that time. So there's five different areas that you focus on. And it's a work. It's five different worksheets. Um, one of the things that that's in the course is, is celebrating you taking care of yourself. And the idea behind it is that as soon as you get done with your self-care, you do some mini celebration to help embody it. It's basically BJ Fogg um, with Tiny Habits. It's it's one of his pieces. And it, it, I find that it works really well. So when I roll out my yoga mat, I'm like, woohoo! Uh, <laughs> so that my body's like, yeah, she's doing it. Um, so it's it, looking at those things. And so there's, there's different worksheets that people can fill out, um, to try and answer the questions. And, you know, if they need more help, they can always reach out to me. And, okay, well, and speaking of reaching out to you, like, I'm sure that people will be listening to this and they'll be like, I want to talk to Maria. I just want to go say hi on the socials. Where is the best place to direct them? So my Facebook group is the fabulous fifties. 
um, and beyond. And in there is the probably the best place to find me and a number of free resources that I've put together. Um, so you just join the group. There's no cost. You just get to hang out and learn great stuff. Uh, so that's one place to reach me. My email is marie at mariesenateyoga.com. Okay. Um, and I know you have that, so we don't have to spell it out. <laughs> okay, yeah, I'll put, in, I'll put all these links in the show notes. Okay, great. Um, and uh, and those are the best places to reach me or message me on Facebook. I don't have a website. Uh, I have been having so much fun with Facebook and Messenger that haven't needed a website. Um, but those are the best places to reach me. And um, and definitely check out the, the, the Facebook group because it's got a lot of great resources in it. Okay, amazing. And um, do you have any final words of wisdom that you want to share or the one thing that people should take away from our conversation today? Treat yourself like your best friend. You are your best friend. There's nobody else who can take care of you on that level. So don't be ashamed. Just go for it. (laughs) I love that. Amazing. Perfect. Uh, Thank you so much for being here, Marie. And thank you for sharing your story and your wisdom. Thanks so much for having me, Peggy. I really appreciate it. And that's it for this episode of the Midlife Improvement Project. Thank you so much to my guest today, Marie Sennett, for reminding us that in this season of life, there is finally time for you. Go get it. If you get the feeling that I might be your coach and you are interested in learning more about me and my work and perhaps how we could work together, especially as you navigate the challenges and adventures of midlife, come and sign up for my mini course called Wake Up to Life 2.0. I'll send you an email every day for five days that will help you to get super clear on where you want to go next with this one precious life. Go to drpeggymalone.com forward slash wake up. Also, I'd love it if you would come and say hi on Instagram. You can find me there at Dr. Peggy Malone, and that is where you will find me discussing my life as a 50-year-old who likes to snowboard, back handspring, and also to encourage women like you to find what is fun and adventurous for you in midlife. As usual, you'll find all of the resources and links that were mentioned during today's show in the show notes at drpeggymalone.com forward slash podcast. If you enjoyed today's show and you don't want to ever miss an episode, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you usually listen. Until next time, my friends, stay focused and get after it.